Well, welcome to the journey, uh, John. Uh, John Penny's joining us today. Um, and let me tell you a little bit uh, about what the journey is about. Um, the journey is essentially um, having just ordinary individuals come on and tell their story about either setbacks that they've had in their life or maybe uh, how they've transformed their lives um, from either from an athlete to a business person, from a, uh, from someone who's maybe struggled with some type of uh, personal ailment or an injury or an accident, or how they planned on trying to change uh, or transform a business or some type of concept. So how to how to fail forward when we have setbacks in our life. Great. Is, yeah. uh, so welcome, John. And uh, just wanted, uh, maybe before we get started, if you could just maybe share a little bit about who you are and what do you do for fun if you're not busy working with other people yeah no thanks for having me um well in a nutshell i have been in construction about 21 years okay uh, graduated from auburn high school okay. uh, i've got two kids and um, i would say for fun i have an extreme hobby and i call it extreme because it is really kind of consumed and and kind of defined who myself and and even my wife have become and it's it's been a lot of fun and it's turned into a major passion so uh, basketball was introduced into our family I think when my daughter is about fourth grade okay she just graduated college now as a matter of fact so okay. that gives you a, a little bit of ideas quite some time ago and from that moment um, I became a basketball coach okay okay uh, didn't really know what I was doing at the time sure and then uh, basketball, after a year or two, uh, began to get a little bit more serious uh, for my daughter. And then I started to learn about travel basketball and AAU basketball okay. and uh, what, what went into that. Okay. And uh, essentially started my own uh, AAU travel basketball program called the Rockford Heat. Okay. And now the rest is history. Okay. Uh, there's been a lot of hours of reading books and learning about basketball. I played basketball when I was younger, but okay. never formally at, at Auburn. Uh, okay. So it was a lot of street ball, a lot yeah. of at the parks when yeah. they still played at the parks. Yeah. Yeah. Great days. I uh, wish we could bring some of those back. And uh, so with the time invested through YouTube and reading books, watching other coaches in the area, okay. really trying to hone in on what it means to be a basketball coach. Okay. Um, Fast forward to today, and Rockford Heat has uh, 16 to 20 teams in the summer. Okay. Um, Rockford Heat is a uh, focal point for helping young ladies get to college now okay. through uh, the sport and obtain athletic scholarships, okay. academic scholarships, and so on to be able to uh, kind of pursue their future of getting a degree. Okay. Uh, and become that college athlete. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, let me. I'm gonna. I know we have a lot to talk about. I have a yeah. lot of questions about about that organization and what what that is all about. Um, but now, were you uh, involved with athletics growing up? I know you played street ball and stuff like. Yeah. But were you involved with organized sports growing up, or not so much? Well, you know, organized sports. It's it's really difficult, and it's still mm -hmm. difficult today. Mm -hmm. I uh, didn't necessarily grow up with the means to be involved in organized sports. Okay. And so that kind of was a major barrier for me to be able to, uh, I guess, step into that arena. Uh, and that's why I fell to the next best thing, which in my days was playing at the park. So sure. playing at the Y. I uh, had a lot of great memories of mm -hmm. being involved in that as a kid. Okay. 
Um, and then at Auburn, the only scholastic, I would say, group that w- I was part of was the chess team. Okay. I uh, ended up uh, picking chess up as a freshman. A uh, whole different story behind that. And uh, I had a teacher that really took me under his wing, okay. taught me the game, started reading books on chess, uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of people to this day still don't know about me. And um, and I believe two out of the four years we won state okay. at Auburn. In chess? Uh, in chess. Okay. All right. I was the only kid on the team not in the gifted program at Auburn. Okay. Uh, if you're familiar with that, the gifted program is housed at Auburn High School. Yep, yep. And for my board, I went undefeated all four years at the state uh, tournament as well. So chess was something that uh, was very close to me. Even now, I I still love the game. Uh, I don't get to play it as much, but uh, that was the only uh, group or club that I was actually involved in. So obviously having someone who's going to mentor you and and show you those – you know certain techniques and just believe in you, right? Just believe yep. in the process. Oh, it's big, yeah, but huge. I mean, yeah, that has to, that's so critical that, yep. for that to happen. But but there has to be something naturally within you uh, that you gravitated toward toward that particular activity, that that particular sport. What what was it about chess that kind of seemed to draw you in, or what, or or maybe even that along with what like at an early age, you know, young when you first got into it, yep. what made you? How'd you stand out versus the other players? You know, chess, When to me, chess is a competition within yourself. Okay. You're constantly struggling with what the right next move is. Yeah. And so when you have those types of struggles and you're breaking down what that next move is, that means you've gone through 10 other moves to see if that is the best next move, and you've broken it down. Uh, you've really taken a look at the pros, the cons of that piece or that potential move before you rest on uh, what piece you actually move. So to me, it's always been a, um, a personal, um, I, I would say just a, a personal, I'm not quite sure what the right word is, but it, it would fall into battle, struggle, uh, somewhere along those lines sure. on, on which one you're actually going to move. And so I really took it seriously because uh, I, I knew that a lot of things I was dealing with on a personal level, uh, you could find right on that chessboard. Okay. And so to this day, uh, being in construction for so long, mm-hmm. you know, construction is like chess. You have to have things fall into place, and you have to make sure that those steps are followed mm-hmm. uh, to finish a building. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the way my mind works, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure why. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, but there must be a part of uh, we talk about it with artists. We talk about it with individuals that are, are you know certain types of athletes. They have uh, you know their football IQ, and yeah. uh, some of it has to do with understanding the game. Some of it has to do with um, uh, being exposed to it numerous times. But then there's another element that they see things unfolding. Yeah. Differently um, than the person whose football IQ isn't as developed, and and I think there must be some element of that when you're describing chess, because I think of it with art, I think of it with with different different sports, but this particular activity of chess, it, it's all strategy, right? It's all strategy, and 
and it's not only understanding the game, but it's having the discipline and the willingness to to lay out those moves in your mind before you make them, and then it's again strategy. It's a gamble of which one is going to yeah. work, but then at least you know what your game plan is. Yeah, I you know, and I think about that a lot, uh, especially as I'm starting to get older, uh, and I I really do self diagnosis on things that I've done throughout the day, things mm-hmm. that I've done throughout the month, things that I've done throughout the year, and try to make sure that my next steps moving forward are either going to be better, maybe they're going to be the same in some situations, mm-hmm. uh, but you really get to pull off of your experiences in the past uh, to make those decisions moving forward. So, you know, that's a little bit of, um, I guess, an advantage you have in the future, and that's what perspective is. But mm-hmm. Uh, in that moment of learning the actual game of chess, I, I just, for one, I was always ultra competitive. Sure, okay. Uh, so I didn't like losing to begin with. And with the game of chess, it really does come down to knowing the strategies, uh, knowing what the end goal is, right? The end goal is to get checkmate. And how do we get to that point? Mm-hmm. And so with there being so many pieces on the board, just like the game of life, uh, you really got to take a look at all those options uh, before you move your next step forward. Okay. And so I, I, that's just the way I look at it. Sure. It may be different for some people. It may be a little bit more strategical. Uh, but for me, I really took the understanding of knowing the importance of each piece on the board. Sure. You know, it's um, so I can go in a couple different directions with that. Just as we're <laughs> just as we're talking about building a team, and and but one of the things that we spend a lot of time talking about is that um, this idea of uh, making you know when we make a mistake, you know when you know we we don't win, you know we may yep. lose lose a move or lose the game, but doesn't necessarily equate to being a loser. That that each time there's opportun- opportunity to learn from it, and um, and sometimes the bigger the the setback, the greater the opportunity is for something to learn about ourselves, right? And um, so if you were if you were thinking back on your chess and how that's been and how how instrumental it was at a certain time period in your life, but then foundationally it probably has a lot to do with what you do business-wise and then the different organizations you're involved with, what, what would you say a lesson that you may have learned, maybe from a setback, maybe not, yep. um, uh, when you were playing chess? Well, it's, it's interesting you bring it up that way because in chess, sometimes you have to sacrifice a pawn to gain a, a knight or a rook or a bishop. Uh, sometimes you sacrifice a couple pawns to gain a knight, a rook or a bishop or sometimes a queen. And so the strategy that's laid out in understanding that potential setback or that potential loss of that piece or uh, loss of the goal maybe that you were shooting for, uh, to be able to learn from it and then move forward from it uh, is, is again, that's how we gain our perspective. Uh, And it's been a huge value to me, especially, you know, I'm born and raised on the west side of Rockford, mm-hmm. so I can translate it and get a little personal there and and tell you, you know, there was a lot of strife in my personal family growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how did that help for me moving forward? Well, there are some things I definitely didn't want in my mm-hmm. immediate family growing up. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I definitely wanted my kids to have that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have those opportunities. 
And now where I'm at, there's a whole lot of kids that I see an opportunity to help them, and I've been able to give them that help Mm -hmm. uh, through the game of basketball Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to uh, not sitting back and just saying, well, we did this or we did that, and that was good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the goals have constantly been pushed forward in a strategic way uh, to make sure that you know, if if we had that setback or if I suffered that setback, maybe I can help somebody else that's in that same setback move forward. Sure, sure. Okay, perfect. So so tell us how you graduated from high school yep. and um, you went to work right away? You went to college right away? What, what did you end up doing? Yeah, so I uh, <laughs> actually went to a trade school for about six months okay. and it was out in the suburbs and I moved back and got a job at Amrock, oh, okay. uh, the historic name of Rockford, yeah. and uh, was working at Amrock in a factory, and I couldn't move. I was stuck in one place, mm-hmm. um, and I tell everybody all the time, the, the best thing that came out of Amrock was meeting my wife, okay. and so all I right. was able to meet her there, okay. and from that moment on, uh, we both left Amrock before it had closed. We didn't know it was going to close at the time, but mm-hmm. we had both left. She went into accounting, and I went into construction. Okay. And so from there, I joined the apprenticeship program uh, for the Painters Union mm-hmm. and uh, started going to school for that, started working, and really drawing off of uh, the elders that I was able to go to work with every day mm-hmm. and learn from their life experiences, learn from their construction experiences, learn the techniques, and essentially learn the trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put you know, everything I had into that at that moment of learning the trade. We had a young daughter at the time, mm-hmm. so you know, the family had started at that moment. Sure, and yeah. uh, we had kind of, me and my wife and daughter, we kind of pulled together and said, all right, let's keep pushing forward. And okay. we kept learning as we were moving forward through that. Okay. Now, um, so did what, what is your wife's name? Uh, Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Yep. Now, did she when she went into accounting? Was that just going into the field of accounting, or did she go back and get formal education in that process, especially with a young family yep. at the time? So, what, what how did you guys do that? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> she and so once we got together and we had our daughter, uh, we knew that Amrock wasn't where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, she went back to college. Okay. Um, so that made it even uh, mm-hmm. more strenuous because she went full time. Okay. And so we had made that uh, decision, which isn't an easy decision to make at the time when you're young. You, it's, it's more of a financial decision than anything. And you're saying, okay, uh, let, let's put our faith in uh, God and put our faith in this family and say, okay, let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So she went back to college and about the same time, uh, I had joined the apprenticeship program, and so a lot of different things were coming at us that were brand new. I'd never been in construction or a painter before. I'd actually helped my grandfather out <clears throat> in the summers doing carpentry and stuff like that, uh, but I'd never been a painter, and then my wife had not been in college, so it, it was all kinds of new endeavors happening for us. Sure, sure. Which were a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're not doing them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> now that they're over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember that uh, very much with uh, 
my when my wife and I got together, she she's she's three years older than me, so she was a little bit more established in her career. I was early on. I yeah. had stopped competing as a bodybuilder and and now started into this counseling world. But I was still pretty you know first couple of years into it. Well, when we got married, two years after we got married, a year and a half or so, we got after we got married, Caleb was born. Okay, and made the decision for her to stay at home, yep. which prior to that she never thought she'd be doing that but she made 60 percent of her income and so uh and i was working in the schools at the time and i was coaching um football in the afternoon um and it was a scramble there for oh, yeah. for a bit until I, I was able to get picked up uh and do some part-time uh, clinical practice so i worked during the day at the school coach in the afternoon and then work at night um but it, it you do what you have to do you know yes and, well, and that's what we, we walked away from a similar situation. Amrock paid very well. Yeah. We were making good money. Yeah. <laughs> and for a couple of young kids uh, to make that decision that we did uh, doesn't happen very often yeah. uh, because I took a significant pay cut to mm -hmm. go into construction. She took a pay elimination. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a very tough decision for us at the time. Uh, but again, when you think about the game of chess, we were trying to be very strategic on how we were mm -hmm. moving forward. Yeah. And uh, that's how we came to that ultimate decision. Yeah. Well, and, and how many years do you think after you guys made that decision to, to, for her to go back to school and for you to go into the trades, did Amrock close? You know, I want to say it was about four. Yeah, so four was, years I, I didn't after. think it was because I'm thinking this is Jayla, is your yeah, oldest, yep, right? Yep. And I'm thinking it can't be that much longer after that that no, Amrock was. It was maybe three, four years, yeah. and you know, again, having that perspective, we're looking at it, we're like, wow, okay, we it did close mm -hmm. uh, because n nobody really thought Amrock was going to close in Rockford. Mm -hmm. You right. just didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, you hear the rumors, you you. You hear the gossip, I guess, but you'd never think something like that big is going to close, and it did. Yeah. Uh, so looking back on it, it was um, it was definitely a, a blessing in disguise that we we took that route we did. Yeah. And I think those are. I mean, we can look back and 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 know that that was definitely the right move. But yeah. like like you said, making those moves are do not come easy. You get no. tempted with better than average good money especially yep. for the ages that you guys were at if you're both working there yep. it's it's what happens with some people that are working in some of the factories right out of high school oh, around yeah. here you know chrysler or wherever it may yep. be and even though it may not be really what they want to do it it's, it's hard to you know turn away that money and especially yep. if you start the whole um you know big boy toys and yep. and homes and things like that now you're locked in and yep. and your choices become harder to make a move and so most so, definitely so you get in construction and first it starts off with painting yeah and and so you're in the trades and you're in obviously some of it is just you know you're just bootstrapping. You're just, yep. you know, and learning, learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you think going back again, you talked about, you had a coach slash mentor for the chess, the chess program, which yep. obviously was a huge, huge part of that. His, his name, Mr. Boyer, Mr. Boyer. Okay. Yeah. And so that's a physics teacher at Auburn. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, that makes sense. He's going to be teaching about yep. strategy as well when it comes to chess. And so then there was mentors 
and sages um, within within the union too yes. that you're working with, and, um, and obviously there were some people that spoke into you then. Yeah. So any any particular <laughs> highlights of that? <laughs> well, you, you know, I I look back and there's a lot of people that I just happened across paths with at the right time, and, mm-hmm. and I do got to go back. And Mr. Boyer was phenomenal. Somebody I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, never got to hear from or see after graduation. Oh, okay. So I'm not even sure what he's up to now, but there's some other man, uh, just phenomenal teachers I had at Auburn okay. um, that, you know, I, I just talked to one the other day. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and it's just uh, amazing how that happens. And, and you still, I still draw on some of those experiences from mm-hmm. the, from still today sure. uh, from back then sure. and uh it, it really does bring a smile to my face when those memories come across sure. you know and, and uh how that happens but when i got into construction uh, i had an uncle in the trade okay and he literally um was i would say the poster child for construction worker he was outspoken he was really good at what he did uh and he was going to tell you about it <laughs> One way or the other, you, you know, you were never doing it enough. Uh, you had never learned enough, and you had never given enough. And so uh, that's what I got to go to work with every day. Okay. And that was just a huge blessing for me um, as, as I got introduced into a profession that is clamoring for people that are good, honest, um, reputable, um, you know, a lot of the things that we look for and, uh, that's really what helped mold me. And then along the way, once I got introduced, uh, there were some, you know, we call them old timers, uh, journeymen, mm-hmm. and they took me under their wing and started teaching me different parts of the trade. Mm-hmm. And so I learned how to hang, you know, a lot of expensive wall coverings. I learned how to finish woodwork. I learned how to paint, they call it faux, which means fake fake woodwork. Mm-hmm. I learned how to paint fake marble. Mm-hmm. I learned how to do a lot of things in the industry um, that that many of my peers don't get exposed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I saw it very early on. I was very fortunate uh, because the owner of the company at the time, it also took me under his wing. And so the owner of the company made it a point to expose me to all the different aspects of the trade from high-end or fine residential to very intricate um, industrial uh, work that uh, requires knowledge of uh, chemicals and different paints and what you can mix and can't mix, uh, all the way to you know basic uh, restoration work. Uh, I mean, there were just so many parts to the trade sure. that I, I got exposed to that would have been overwhelming, but at the time, I went right back to my chess strategy and said, wow, I didn't even know that this was part of the game. Mm-hmm. And once I got introduced to it, I learned about every single aspect of it, mm-hmm. just like you would every single piece on a chessboard. Sure. You want to know what their capabilities are and what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I approached the trade. Okay. And uh, became what they call a um, true journeyman, you know, a journeyman that is not one-dimensional. And um, that's that's uh, 
the just of it okay. for the first, I would say, three, four years. And I started running large commercial and industrial projects about a year and a half in. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so now as an apprentice still, because I haven't graduated um, the apprenticeship program yet. How long does that take? To uh, that? Three years. Three years. And so okay. you go to school every two weeks. Okay. Um, miss a day of pay. You know, so the school is on your own, but the school is paid for, which was great. Because uh, I left with no school debt, no okay. no student loans or anything like that. And a year and a half in, now I'm running crews of men. And some of them were okay with it. Some of them weren't. But I also had the respect uh, pretty early on because of being able to do so many different uh, facets of the trade that gotcha. it, it helped carry me through. And how approximately how old are you at this time? Uh, at this time, I'm about 20 years old. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I can just imagine. Uh, but <laughs> but again, part of it, I'm assuming, part of it was the combination of, of not only putting, putting some time in, even mm-hmm. though it hadn't been a lot of time yet, putting yep. some of that time in, but being ambitious, being Hell studious yeah. about it. And and then maybe maybe a little bit of your uncle wearing off on you. Oh, uh, most definitely, how, yeah. <laughs> and how to be able to speak yep. about it because yep. it, in any, in any case, right? You know, this was co- coaching sports. You can't be asking. You have to be telling them what you're yes. doing, <laughs> what, what they're going to do <laughs> next. <laughs> you don't want to do a public opinion poll uh, yeah, yeah. because those opinions will come in. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so 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 fast forward us a little bit with in the life of the business. So you obviously spent a lot of time working for other individuals, and at some point you made the leap to opening up your own business. Is that no? Going? So what had happened is about five years into it. Uh, so unions they have a leader called business rep. Okay, and so those are. Uh, the guys that help find work for everybody in the local. Okay. And at that point, uh, our business rep was leaving, and there was an open seat. Usually it's an elected position, um, but there's an open seat, and I got asked by some other elders in the local to consider going for this position. And so now I'm around 24. Okay. I've uh, been in the trade five, six years going on, yeah, five years at that point. And I'd starting, started uh, attending union meetings, getting involved at the local level. Because I really didn't know what a union was at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very young and just worried about going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't quite understand it, and I started attending meetings. And uh, I think by the time I was 21, I became elected treasurer of the local. Okay. And so now I'm handling the finances of the local and overseeing that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, there's a little, there's a few other things in there. And, sure. um, so I was doing that. I actually had to take a step back, uh, from the treasurer position when my son was born and he was born in 03. Okay. So I was, I had done the treasurer position from 2001 to 2003, I want to say, uh, don't quote me on the hard dates, but yeah. somewhere around that, it sure. was maybe two years. And my son didn't have colic, but he sure had something close to it. <laughs> okay. And so we weren't sleeping. Nobody's sleeping at the house. And now I've, it's all hands on deck at the house. We've mm-hmm. got to resolve what's going on there and mm-hmm. keep the wife, you know, able to uh, be sane and, and 
really it was all hands on deck. Because yeah, this is the second baby. This is our second one. Yeah, yeah. And so now we're doing that, and I took a step back from the union role. And I'll fast forward back to the 2004, an opening pops up. Okay. I was approached by some of the elders of the local to consider going for this position. Um, and I was kind of at a, a crossroads because I was to the point of either purchasing a business, opening a business, um, or I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I'd accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, and I was looking to see what the next road was going to be. And ultimately, I decided to get involved on the union side of things okay. and became the business rep for our local now. Okay. And so I've been doing that for about the last 15 years. Okay. And it has been... Uh, a whole separate game of chess okay. uh, that handles administrative administrative duties. I'm still the treasurer of the local because uh, I'm able to do both. And um, the the job description is long and lengthy. I deal with politics. I deal with negotiations. I deal with separate agreements with different companies here in the state line area been negotiating for about 15 years okay. on, on what I call a professional level because one of the big parts of this job is bringing our small business owners and our members to an agreement on health insurance retirement wages and so okay. on so okay. we want to make sure that we keep the harmony there as well and and We've got a pretty good success rate of doing that okay. for the last 15 okay. years that gotcha. I'm proud of, gotcha. really proud of. Okay, good. So, okay, so that's where I think when we first met and you were talking about, you spoke as if you were running a business. And oh, you, it is. And you are, and you are. I just, I just, and, but I, yep. I never happened to ask what the name of it was. I didn't know yep. it was the local. Yep. So, okay, all right, so that makes it sense. And kind of to fast forward, our pension is funded at 128%. Our health insurance fund is, I think, got two years in reserves. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that have to be handled. And it, it's a full-fledged business. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a million-dollar uh, business on top of it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that you've got to keep track of. So learning those types of things, obviously you were, again, young and, yeah. and, and not having had a lot of maybe experience with those things, but then you learn about the importance of making sure that the pension's funded you know, that's it's self-funded, yep. that it's not upside down, which yep. we've heard horror stories about those types of things yes. and, and with other unions, right? Yep. And then we, um, and then with the health insurance and the fact that that's already have reserves for that so that, yep. so if for some reason something happens and there's less members, uh, that, that it, it won't, it, it won't put individuals in jeopardy, right? Yeah. Now, and I'm just a piece to that whole Sure. Uh, puzzle as well. We have a fund administrator that does a phenomenal job for us. And so, you know, I don't, I want to make sure that comes off the right way. Our fund administrator does a great job and he's the okay. one that's been able to handle that and set those on the right track. Gotcha. But there's a lot of parts that are played around that. Sure, sure. Okay. But it's it's the having that awareness and that understanding of wanting to make sure that you keep the, those those things balanced that yes. way um, where someone who may not be exposed to those things, they wouldn't be aware of that. Well, and even our, our local account, just our checks and balances that got to come out of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's let's kind of then move to so so Jayla's now in, in grade school. Yes. And and so she's being exposed, you, you know, because maybe maybe you and Esmeralda are in a little bit different place than you guys were growing up. Did yep. she? Did Esmeralda play uh, sports growing up? Uh, mildly. Now she'll tell you she was a superstar, <laughs> uh, but it was mild at Auburn. Uh, she played, I think, until sophomore year. Okay. At okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so uh, so she. Uh, so Jayla is exposed to basketball and yep. it organized basketball at an early level. Yes. But there were some limitations to it uh, of the organized uh, opportunities that they had. So tell us a little bit about uh, – because I know for me, having, having, having been in sports my entire life, pr- primarily football and wrestling, um, there was a lot of times that when, when programs first getting developed – it's it's volunteers and yep. it's, and and those volunteers tend to be parents who may not know yep. a ton about sports you know that was and, one of them yeah <laughs> and and that doesn't always make it bad uh, but sometimes it makes it difficult right yeah uh, especially if they're not necessarily doing the due diligence of of learning the game and really learning the intricacies of it um, but it sounds like you took that on. Um, because you wanted to really understand the game more so than just uh, like a pickup game down at the Y. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, my daughter, she's at Rockford Christian, mm-hmm. and exactly the way you laid it out, right? Where they're having tryouts, and next thing you know, they need some parent volunteers. Uh, and I've always loved the game. Okay. I, I really have always loved the game. And so when I got that opportunity to become a parent volunteer, I mean, I couldn't get my hand up fast enough. I'm like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) This sounds like fun. It did sound like fun uh, (laughs) until we got started. Um, And and I still joke about some of the parents from that team. And um, my daughter was blessed to have a a core of five kids that stuck it out all the way through varsity uh, at Rockford Christian. And so I got to know, and I'm still friends with the parents, uh, some of the parents to this day, but I got to know the parents and the players really well. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, but when my journey started, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you a play. I didn't know an offense. I didn't even know how to run a practice. I just knew that I wanted to be a parent volunteer. True. And so that's when I started uh, doing some reading, started looking stuff up on YouTube. Um, and the amount of stuff on YouTube now, even compared to, oh, yeah. geez, 15, 16 years ago, how, however long it's been, it blows it away. Sure, I mean, yeah. it, it's day and night comparison. So uh, I, I get in and embark on this new journey. Uh, got another parent that's helping, and we're still friends to this day. Our daughter's being the same age. And that was how school basketball started, and I kind of progressed up every grade level through Rafford Christian, and there was a couple coaches. There was a couple seasons or um, years in between where they had a coach, okay. and so I, I wasn't needed. Um, but uh, fast forward through the actual school ball process uh, from sophomore year through senior year, I was a varsity coach, okay. and so that was a lot of fun as well. But a lot had changed in that first five, six, seven years. Sure, okay. uh, A lot of education happened. <laughs> now, when you when when Jayla was at um, 
it played varsity mm-hmm. in high school. Now you were you weren't the head coach. Were you the head coach? No, or, no, no, I, I think was so. a assistant. One of the assistant. Coach. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay, who was the head coach at that time? Uh, Mike McCollin. Oh yeah, yes. And so okay. I believe he still coaches baseball over there. Okay. And he was uh, brought in, and uh, Mike had come up to me when he was going to take the job, and. At that point, I'd been coaching AAU for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really cool things going on. And Mike had essentially came up and said, John, I, I need – it's either you're going to coach – we're going to coach this or uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of jumped on board with Mike, and I'd known him for a couple of years, and um, he's always been heavily involved in basketball, baseball, et cetera. Yeah. And so me and him clicked uh, from day one. We'd always gotten along really well. Well, I know, I know, and he's had some phenomenal success. Not only helped out with the basketball program and really tried to move that, you yeah. know, to another level, but with, of course with baseball uh, at Rockford Christian when he had, you know, some some very talented kids yeah. in the last few years <clears throat> and stuff. Um, one of the things I remember when I first started first started coaching at Harlem, it was in '94, and um, okay. and that was the first time that I was exposed when I when I played football. Um, and when we were wrestling, there was a, a very small group of of athletes, high school athletes, that would um, go to a camp, right? And, yeah. And you'd you'd go for a week, or if it was wrestling, you'd go to you know a two week Iowa wrestling camp or whatever it was. But there there was a very small percentage of the individuals that I played with, at least, and in the Nick Ten, um, that um, that that went off to camp. Yep. And um, and I remember going down to NIU when I went to a, a football camp two years in a row, and it was a different level of exposure, um, you know, to be able to go down there. And and I was younger, you know, so there was kids that were older than than me. It was a high school camp, so I was a freshman going into my freshman year, going into my sophomore. I think it was, or maybe it was sophomore going, and then going to my junior year. But um, it was it was a lot of different exposure. Nowadays, when I went and started coaching in the nineties. You know, seven on sevens. This was normal. There was there was summer yeah. baseball leagues. There was summer, you know, basketball camp all the time. And now it seems like it's a whole. It's just part of it. And yeah. and now there's individuals that are involved with, you know, um, outside of school sports, that that may be getting looked at and picked up and have opportunity to play at that next level. And you know what they do actually in the their high school may or may not. Even, I mean, obviously, with some sports like football, that's yeah. it's different. But but like basketball and um, and golf, some, tennis, yeah. a lot of things have evolved. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that with Rockford Heat and how that all came about and and what's a, what everything that's happened with that. Yeah. So in, in fifth grade, we're coaching, and I start hearing about travel basketball. Right. Now, I had no idea that there was anything like that for girls. I know when I was in high school, there was one program um, that I knew of that had ran guys, and they would take them around the Midwest, in some cases the country, uh, that I was familiar with called Primetime. And so jail is in fifth grade, and I'm hearing about travel basketball for girls. Well, I knew nothing about nothing and ended up saying, okay, well, maybe I can pull some of these kids together and keep them playing. We'll get them better for next year, Mm -hmm. was the thought behind it. Uh, Very, very simple thought behind it. And that was it. Mm -hmm. 
So I pulled a group of kids together, uh, mostly Rockford Christian kids, and then there was other kids in the conference. So some from Roscoe, some from Stephen Mack, um, and I, I can't remember all the schools now, but uh, I remember the girls. I just can't remember what grade schools they were in. Um, and I, I pulled this group together and said, okay, we're going to practice a couple times a week and uh, find some tournaments, which I had no idea what I was – I mean, no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had a best friend that was helping me out. Um, and me and him, uh, we essentially counseled each other for probably the next six months <laughs> of trying to figure out how to coach, trying to figure out how to run a team. And then I had a third buddy who introduced me on where to find tournaments mm. and how to start the actual travel process and okay. join AAU and what that meant and, and what was behind it. And so uh, we, we hit the ground rolling. Okay. Uh, fifth grade, our first tournament, I will never forget it, up in Milwaukee, uh, lost every game by 50 or 60. <laughs> I mean, we got plastered. We, we were done. I, I think the kids were crying. I was crying. My <laughs> wife was crying. Everybody's crying. Um, but that was a turning point that I've never forgotten to this day. And I remember our first practice back, and I had a talk with the girls, and I said, that was my fault. I didn't have you prepared. Uh, essentially, I didn't know what to prepare them for. Mm -hmm. uh, but that changed me at that moment. And uh, things got real. They got real intense, real tough, and real challenging. And um, we, we had a lot of players come and go. We had a core that stuck it out as the first team of Rockford Heat. Um, by the time we got to seventh grade, the end of seventh grade, we started winning. Mm -hmm. I don't think we won a game for two years. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if the – sincerity of that comment comes through well enough we didn't win a game for two years it's a long time you know when you go back to chess and you go back to construction and you go back to how you gain perspective uh it's always pulling from your past uh, challenges and your past successes and at that moment two years in i got no successes to pull from and all i've got is a whole lot of challenges mm -hmm. and uh, we kind of had that, uh, that that moment in seventh grade. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm even doing this right. Uh, and I didn't. I, I wasn't sure. And I knew I had a hard, a lot of hardworking kids. I knew that I had this group that, wow, I think about it to this day, they'd probably run through a wall for me. Um, and that spoke volumes because it made me want to be better. And so uh, we kept we kept plugging away. And then a weird thing happened. We started winning. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, nothing that any of us were uh, used to. And I kept telling the girls, hey, you got to learn how to lose before we can learn how to win. Yeah. And that group, uh, they just kept plugging away. Mm -hmm. And by eighth grade, we qualified for AAU Nationals down in Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, we pulled together some resources, went down there. I think we took 12th in the country. Uh, played against some players that uh, are now in the WNBA. Okay. We played against uh, players that uh, have had phenomenal um, college careers. 
And so it, it's great for all of them looking back, but now we're still in this journey and I'm going to kind of go back to the Rockford heat journey a little bit. So we get to this eighth grade marker for, um, Jayla's team and they're getting letters in the mail from college coaches. Even I was a little shocked. I'm like, wait, what? So now I had to change what we were doing before we just started out to get better. Mm-hmm. Now there's this different element that's coming along and we're getting letters from coaches and I had to learn that side of it and what that meant. And, uh, found out that these girls could get to college mm-hmm. through basketball and mm-hmm. get a significant amount of it paid for, uh, if not all of it. And so I changed the focus and we started going to tournaments that were geared just for college exposure. Okay. Uh, we, we ultimately, in my opinion, and I, I think a lot of people would agree, we changed girls basketball in this area. Okay. And it happened. Yeah, tell us, tell me a little bit about uh, what do you mean by that comment? So girls basketball became uh, a lot of talk started happening locally. And girls basketball now was kids going to college or possibly going to college. We started adding teams. People were just calling me out and saying, hey, we're hearing, you know, that you guys are got this model of getting college exposure we want to be part of it. And so we started adding teams as they rolled into freshman year. We added a sophomore team. Uh, we added another eighth grade, seventh grade. It, it was just uh, a snowball effect that I didn't see coming. Mm. And I never set out for it to be that way because, again, we started out just to get better. Right. And then it turned into, wow, we could potentially get these kids to college. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into adding teams and then – the next step was our first graduating class, the 2014 class, which wasn't my daughter's class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we had added this team, and every one of those kids went on scholarship. Really? Okay. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And so, um, you know, as you're building these networks of college coaches, uh, those networks are real. Mm-hmm. And I, I saved them. Mm-hmm. And now the class of 2015, which is my daughter's class, and a core of kids that had stuck it out. I mean, they grinded it out for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably hated me for it. <laughs> um, I, I think they love me for it now. Uh, but at that moment, it, there was probably some serious hatred. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was very uh, direct and I was very vocal about what we were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And, and when it had changed from just trying to get better to get to college. Uh, there was no more, um, there was no more hugs given out. There was no more, Hey, it'll be okay. It's going to be, it changed to, this is how we've got to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is what our goal is. Mm -hmm. And so we essentially came up with a mission statement, a goal and, and everything got real serious at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so out of that 15 class, I, Eight out of the ten girls in that class ended up going D one or D two. Okay. Um, I, and this is out of the 2015 class. That was Jayla's class. Jayla's class. Okay. Yep. And so, <clears throat> between NCAA or NAIA, um, and it was a huge accomplishment for all those girls, mm-hmm. and something I'm very proud of all of them for sure. because I know what they put into it. Mm-hmm. And when I say that 
girls basketball changed, uh, they were a big part of that. And, and it didn't change in the year 2015. It changed when the majority of those kids were starting varsity players as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to take note and, and say, whoa, what, what is going on here? How did this happen? Right. And uh, that's when things started changing. So it was around you know, 2010, 2011 that you saw that dynamic. Before we started having one or two girls maybe go on and play college ball because they really stood out, um, now we're averaging double digits every year. Mm-hmm. So, and for some people, and and I know not 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 currently, you know, parents, but like individuals, like um, you know, growing up in my my age group, mm-hmm. you would think of like your high school sports were your platform to get college exposure, and yeah. and in, and obviously in football, that's a big part of it, unless you're going off to camps or doing other types of things. Now with the internet, a lot of different very you know, yep. there's a lot of variables. But what I'm hearing you say is that one of the things that may have really impacted girls basketball in the northern Illinois area were travel teams, the Rockford Heat and the travel teams, because now they're getting exposed to platforms that they wouldn't have gotten exposed if they were playing locally or even in these larger regional tournaments that they would get exposed to a couple times a year. And now uh, the opportunities to play at that next level have just got expanded and it's not reliant on a school program. And that's not to take away from the school programs, yep. but it's not all your eggs in one basket. That's a really good way to break it down, and I always want to emphasize that this isn't a replacement to high school sports either mm-hmm. uh, because I've been a high school coach, mm-hmm. so I have a lot of value for high school sports in general. I have a lot of value in what comes out of high school sports, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a lot of value of competing to win. Yep. So to me, it doesn't matter if it's uh, high school, AAU, uh, travel. Uh, I understand the value of those things with all these different levels. However, it does change when you talk about a program with Rock, like Rockford Heat. Um, and the change is simple. We only want to complement a high school program. Sure. We only want to complement those athletes and be able to hopefully give them those extra opportunities of college exposure because you can't take a high school team to these events. Correct. That are yeah. loaded with, you know, Division One and Division Two and so on, uh, coaches on the sidelines. So it's not even an option for the high school teams. And there's a lot of there, – there's been a lot of chatter over the years of – well, AAU coaches don't respect high school sports. High school sports don't respect AAU sports. But the reality of it is we're all in this together. Sure. And I, of all people, know it better because I've been a high school coach. Yeah. And I understand the importance of uh, each one of those roles. So I, I feel I have a lot of good relationships with high school coaches here in the state line. Uh, there, There's always new coaches, so mm-hmm. maybe some of the newer ones I don't know as well. Uh, but for the coaches that have been around, I've, I've worked well with and been able to make sure that I even connect them with those college coaches as well, saying, hey, you've got this player that is getting this uh, attention from these coaches. Just want to give you a heads up. They mm-hmm. may be calling you um, to get more insight about that athlete from yeah. you. So. You know, earlier when you were talking about um, 
uh, and I think it is important, you know, just with just finishing off that note, I think it is important that it's just like anything. The the ultimate goal, right, when working with these female, you know, the 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 female athlete athletes in general, the ultimate yeah. goal is for them to go as far as they want to go, right? Exactly. And 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 what opportunities are there, and for them not to sealing themselves. So it needs to be a collaborative effort um, yep. with with the school sports, which being a, a being a football coach or a, a high school coach and and lower level coach, there's something about playing for your school that you attend that can't be replaced by anything else. Exactly. Because then your friends get to see you play. You're, you're representing where the hallways that you're walking in, and that yep. and that's huge in itself. Um, but a lot of times we're not going to get better unless we do more than the three months. Um, yeah. And and you said something a little bit ago that reminded me. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, Joe Rogan um, had one of his friends on, and somehow the the the, the conversation um, evolved to um, combat sports, mostly talking about MMA and boxing. And um, and he talked about that. Rogan was saying, as as someone who is, um, you know, a promoter of a, of the MMA, he speaks very unapologetically, very direct. That if a person who's who's continue to compete but doesn't have that fire anymore, he's like, you need to get out because you're gonna cause brain damage. You're gonna get injured, yeah. and it, in because there's too many <clears throat> individuals out there who are putting 100% into it, are, that do have that fire, and then are not just, um, you know, uh, punching a clock. And you said something about when it shifted from uh, wanting just to get better to wanting to go to that next, or preparing them to go to that next level so they at least have the option. And what it sounded like to me is you were talking about that, that drive, talking about, you know, not making excuses, but pushing yourself, learning from what isn't working, um, that, you know, that, that you may be making a mistake or a blind spot you may have, um, and, and not wishing it away, but actually attacking it. And, uh, um, and I think that is so critical that, that we speak into individuals about that, that yes, this is going to be what it takes to do the difference. And if you're not doing it and, 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 and obviously we're not talking about Rogan was talking about combat sports. So mm-hmm. there's a real risk that's online. Yep. If I know that you just want to be part of the team, I need to know that then you yes. need to be, you need to still be doing a hundred percent, but then don't be upset. If yep. you're, you're the one out of the 10 that's not getting looked at. Yes. No, you laid that out very well. Uh, and that, that, that was the distinction because when I looked at what I was doing this for and what I, what I started Rockford heat for, uh, I, I think it's healthy to be able to evolve as well. And whether that's individually or as a program. And when we got to that crossroads of change, it was a shift, right. That we talk about. When we got to that point, it was tough because I also knew at that moment not all the girls were in it for that. And so there was a, that was a tough shift for me to make uh, because um, I knew that there was going to be change. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have change, uh, that, that brings a whole set of new um, challenges, a whole set of new experiences, that you're going to have to get through 
uh, for that next level, mm-hmm. uh, for that next opportunity. And at that moment, that next level, that next opportunity was we were shifting to make sure that we could help these kids get to college. And one of the reasons for that was, you know, there, there, there's an opportunities for kids to go get better. Not having gone to college myself, having sent, you know, a young mom to college, uh, I know the importance of education. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, uh, that was that next change that I said, this is it. We, mm-hmm. We've got to do it because, um, you know, for, for women especially, I'll just say it. I, I think college is even more critical for them mm-hmm. uh, because I, I think in this day and age, guys can still go get a job somewhere mm-hmm. and do okay. Uh, but I, I think it's critical for those opportunities to be there for women Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, having a daughter Mm -hmm. standing there looking at me, um, that, that, at that moment, that was the driving force behind that change. And so, uh, when I made the shift, I went all in and, you know, I talked about building these connections with college coaches and saving them. Well, what I did is I went in overdrive on those college co- connections and started expanding my own network. Um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, and then you know social media gets introduced into the mix. So now you've got a different way of connecting with people mm-hmm. and understanding how social media can work in a very positive way. And using that tool, uh, I, I literally expanded our network from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. and. Um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, fast forwarding from that switch, um, in the last seven years, we got 85 girls playing college on mm-hmm. scholar, uh, college basketball on scholarship mm-hmm. from, they've been from Hawaii to North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, from Florida to, you know, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten any in Canada yet, yeah. but I'm waiting for that. <laughs> um, and so that is, that has been the fruit of that labor watching all these opportunities happen and in that seven years we're talking about uh, just under six million dollars in free college education Mm -hmm. so it's been um, it's been you know to put it in a in a word term there probably isn't the right one out there but it's been life-changing true uh, for a lot of these kids a lot of these kids uh, have been inner city kids uh, very similar to, to my background, my wife's background. Uh, some of these kids are from rural communities around the state line. Uh, some of these kids are uh, from perfectly fine households. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that sports has always done is it's knocked down those social uh, barriers to say, well, I don't care what you are, we're teammates. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, having uh, so many kids from so many different backgrounds come together uh, it's been very humbling for me to be able to watch and when when I say myself I, I also need to mention that this wouldn't be possible without a lot of other extraordinary adults sure oh yeah definitely. that filled the role as coach mm-hmm. that filled the role as trainer that filled the role as mentor that filled the role as a parent and so uh, I don't want this to ever come off as John Penny mm-hmm. did this because I'm very quick to point out that Rockford Heat is only a success uh, due to a lot of extraordinary adults mm-hmm. uh, that put their time in and 
said, I'm willing to help, including parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that when you're traveling around the country going to these tournaments, there's a lot of parents that have stepped up. Um, you know, and I, I'll just lead into the other uh, facet to this. I have fundraised, you know, to sponsor a lot of kids. And so this also goes back to a lot of individuals, a lot of companies, a lot of different organizations that have stepped up and said, I will help you get that kid there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will help you get that kid to the finish line. Uh, so, again, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a lot of extraordinary people that have gotten involved. Well, you know, I think with any type of organization, it, it does come from a, an original v- story, you know, some original starting point, And then it, it shifts from that and maybe goes into a vision of what we want it to be. Yeah. And some of it has to be those you know, when we have these major setbacks, you know, when, when you experienced, you know, showing up at that Milwaukee tournament and, Oof. and recognizing that <laughs> maybe we underestimated <laughs> what we're walking into. Right. And, yeah. and, and recognizing that part of it was, is that, that they were, a lot of those other teams were going there with what now is the vision of Rafford heat yep. back then. Yep. And, and, you guys didn't know that you you didn't read you know didn't get that part of the invitation um, yeah. and and I think that ends up that setback ended up being a critical thing the fact that you know as you said early on today that you didn't have the resources um, to play um, high school sports and didn't have that type of guidance or support bringing you through that um, that's a foundational piece of what you want Rafford Heat to be. Um, yeah. And then most importantly, um, it's, and we talk about this all the time, it isn't necessarily, you know, um, where you went to school to play or what title you won or championship you got into, but the things that you learned to get there are so critical because we change that over, we transfer that over into real life um, because it is life. You know, what we learn playing chess, what we learn... Um, in practice around the court um, can then be translated to these other areas. And I know you had talked about, you know, you just alluded to the foundation that you guys have and, and fundraising for that so that there is a built-in process of being able to help individuals who want to work hard um, and want to put everything into it that finances are not a barrier to that. Yeah, so let me just speak on that. So remember I said I just got into this to help some kids out mm-hmm. <laughs> to get better at basketball. Well, then we got to about 15, 16 teams, or some case, I think we had 21 teams one summer. Well, then I had to manage a significant amount of money. Uh, so Rockford Heat was started as a business quite a few years ago uh, due to you know, the government regulations and stuff like that. They, they regulate how much money is coming in and out of mm-hmm. an account, and you've got to file taxes on it and yeah. so on and so forth. So I had to bring the business side into this to even be able to get to the coaching part after a couple years. And it was something I never envisioned. And then uh, fast forward a little further, and we start helping an an immense, uh, I mean, a significant amount of kids, and donations are coming in. So then I had to start up a 501c3. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's Rockford Heat Basketball, and then there's Rockford Heat Foundation. Sure. And so now you're essentially running – 
a couple of different organizations uh, just so you could help some kids, you know, play basketball right, <laughs> and right, get right. better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it really took uh, and, and shifted again, you know, turned to that, okay, I, I, now I've got to do the financial planning, I've got to do the bookkeeping, I've got to do the accounts payables, receivables, um, and, and manage that whole uh, facet of it. So there's been a lot of interesting things that have, uh, organically come out of this and, sure. and it's been okay. We've, we've managed it. Uh, it's just been a continue, a continuously, uh, changing, I would say endeavor that has been nothing but positive for me personally. Sure. Um, and, and I, with all these changes though, I still have to go back and tell you, there's just been some amazing adults along the way. My sure. wife, you know, bearing with me uh, through one of them is, has been another uh, blessing that, you know, just continues to pull us closer. And, yeah. And I think you, last time we got together, um, you told me that uh, Jayla is just graduating, right? Yeah. Or, or is graduating December. Just graduated college. She just graduated or going to graduate? No, she just graduated. Just graduated, okay. She just started... Uh, graduate school. Graduate school. That's so what it she's was. done with her uh, her bachelor's okay. in uh, psychology. Okay. And now she is doing her uh, grad school at Drake okay. in Des Moines. So. Okay. All right. And that's also in in mental health. Yes. To, to yep. get her mental health. Yep. Okay. She just got her first job as a counselor. Nice. Uh, loving it. Uh, really, really excited about it. And actually, can I back up just a second? Sure. And sure. talk about when she graduated high school in 2015. Sure. Um, you know, I, I hit another crossroads at that point of what was I going to do with Rockford Heat? Was I going to keep it going? Uh, there was a lot of talk locally, you know, that Rockford Heat was going to be done. Uh, John Penny was in it for his daughter. Um, now that she's graduated, what's going to happen? And um, that was a conversation I had between me, me and my wife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, both of our very, very humble backgrounds uh, it was very easy for us to come to the conclusion that I was going to keep going with it. And uh, that was 2015 was the second graduating class of high school kids. And now as we are, uh, I'm going to a signing today, as a matter of fact, for a, a basketball player. And now for the 2020 class, uh, that's doing their signings now, or I've still got some unsigned seniors we're working with. Uh, it has just been, uh, it, it has always been something that me and my wife have said, no, we, we've got to keep this going. Sure. Um, and, and I will go back to the only way I'm able to make it happen is just some great, great coaches that have stepped up, uh, volunteers that have stepped up and adults because, um, a lot of people just assume that the business side of it is to make money. Uh, well, the business side of it is definitely not to make money for Rockford Heat, and that's not uh, what comes out of it. But what comes out of it are these stories that sure. uh, we're talking about, and they continue to happen. You know, the the, the a lot of these kids, um, for first generation college. You, you know, I mean. Not just college athlete, but actual college uh, participants and uh, college students and their families. Yeah. And it's amazing because that gets lost even in this day and age. We just assume that, 
everybody has gone to college. People assume I had gone to college, yeah. right. and that's just not the case. Right. Uh, and, and we still are cranking out every year first-time college students and college student athletes that are going to go on and change uh, their, their family lineage. Yeah. Well, and I, can't, um, I can just imagine that if you've been able to continue keeping that work ethic in the practices and the expectation of the work ethic um, that when these college coaches that you're contacting and reaching out to, they know it has less to do with how many wins or how many points or how many rebounds or how much what they know what type of player they're getting because they know that they've, they've continued to work through a system yep. that emphasizes those things. John, I know that we've touched on a lot of different things today, yeah. and um, I would love to have you back on because I know there's more for us to talk about. <laughs> no um, problem. Because there's some other things I know you have going on that you want to bring to the Rockford area and the Rockford community. Um, in, in some ways, when we get into this topic, if you're willing to come on again, I'll be like, why do you want to do this? Okay. And then uh, you'll be able to share that vision too because uh, it, it, it's, it's like jumping into that end of, uh, you know, it's it, it'll be the deep end again, once again. But yeah. I would uh, love to have you back on in a, in a few weeks, and that we could uh, do part two of of this conversation. Okay. But uh, you know, if you were going to write at the moment, right? I know in a, in a, in a week or so um, they're going to start having tryouts um, for for girls basketball and guys basketball. Girls is like. today. Oh, is it okay? Yep. And so, if you were going to share anything. Um, with those girls that you've participated with, those athletes, and now as they go to tryouts for their for their for their high school sports team or their middle school sports team, what would you want to share with those and share with those parents? Yeah, so I do always share uh, with with the athletes before they uh, head to their high school tryouts, and it's very simple: uh, personify what it means to be a Rockford Heat player. Bring the intensity and in defense. Bring the leadership on the offensive side. Bring the leadership that oozes out of these kids, not because they're natural-born leaders, but because of the work ethic they have, because of the drive they have. Uh, the skill is something that's a byproduct of all these other intangibles. And when somebody really just, I guess, shows those intangibles, it, it sticks out. Mm -hmm. And that's what leadership is all about. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to get them to understand that. As a high school kid, that can be tough yeah. because there's so many social issues that they're dealing with every day uh, that really can affect um, how they even feel in the morning. Uh, and I'm asking them now to put those social barriers aside and walk in there like you are the Rockford Heat player, you're the star of the city, you're the star of the team, and act like it. Mm -hmm. Carry yourself like it and really just just do it. Nice. Well, thank you very much for being here. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed hearing about how chess played a part in your life, how that laid out, and how it, not only in your in your vocation and your career that way, but then also what you brought to the Rockford area with, with the Rockford Heat. So, thank you. John, thank you. All right. If there is any way, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you um, through the Rockford Heat? What's the best Yeah, way? so if you go to the website, just rockfordheat.com, I okay. have all my contact info. Uh, Rockford Heat has a Facebook page. You okay. can uh, send me messages through that. Okay. If you Google my name, you'll find my phone numbers and okay. all contact info pretty easily. Okay. Uh, there's it's it's definitely out there. But RockfordHeat.com or Rockford Heat on Facebook. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Um, as we have shared numerous times, uh, how sport 
as well as art imitates life. And as John pointed out today, how we can learn lessons. Uh, setbacks are a crucial part of us becoming the people that we were intended to be. Um, so again, thank you for being with us today. I look forward to being with you again next week.